in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. Always ask more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are, whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride, if for no other reason than the fact that that means that you and I are both still alive. No small task, given the modern age we're living in. Going to spend some time in the second hour discussing the events surrounding the Nashville school shooting. Figure would save the best for the last because there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things to talk about and a lot of things to react to. So we're going to cover some other things in the first hour. There is other news going on. Some of it more important than others. Some of it just passing information that somebody's likely to make a note of and then likely to just kind of let it blow by the wayside. For example, the uncle of Rand Paul's staffer who was attacked just the other day in D.C. gave an update on uh, the current condition of his nephew. Not exactly a good update, but I suppose all things being considered, better than one might expect under the circumstances. So we're talking about Rand Paul Staffer, who was attacked in D.C. over the weekend. And uh, the uncle of said Staffer reportedly said that his nephew faces the possibility of seizures 
for the next month, all due to a knife wound to the head. Tim Todd shared the update about his nephew, Philip Todd, in a post on Facebook. It was then widely reported because, obviously, news outlets like Fox News and other conservative outlets, although I know a lot of you don't necessarily look at Fox as being all that conservative these days, they're the only folks that are following the story, though. The mainstream legacy media, they're ignoring it. Why? Because it happened to a staffer for Rand Paul. Uh, obviously, between the attacks on Rand Paul and now his staffers, uh, what difference does it make? We don't care. Uh, it's Rand Paul. Why should we worry about that? It is utterly ridiculous, but it is also easily understandable that this is the way these people think. We'll get into some other stuff here in just a bit, but I wanted to mention the fact that if you are inclined to pray, this young man can certainly use some prayers, and that's part of what Tim was asking for his nephew when he went online. But before we get into anything else, I want to take a moment to talk about the sponsor of today's show. And yes, that's right, officially a sponsor once again. Thanks to you guys. Thank you so very much. Fourpatriots.com. Fourpatriots.com. They, very pleased with the activity level the last couple of weeks, have reached back out. We'll be finalizing the deal here in the next couple of days. But they've made it clear. They're signing back on. They want to continue to sponsor. And uh, also, just FYI, hopefully uh, another sponsor possibly coming on board as well. We'll see how that plays out. I don't want to jinx it. But, as I said just a moment ago, no small feat to even just be alive right now with all the crazy that's going on out there. It's spring. Now, it's officially spring. Uh, may not necessarily feel like it, depending on the part of the world that you're in. But uh, we are in spring, and spring brings, well, volatile weather as we transition from winter into spring and then from spring into summer. So the likelihood of power outages goes way up. Throw on top of that, man-caused incidents may also very well bring about power outages. Might not be a bad time to invest in a backup power generator. But if you're not too familiar with these generators, also might be a good idea to look into a solar generator. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, you could go buy a gas generator, but there are some things you have to be concerned about. Number one, those things are super noisy. And let's say if things kind of went sideways, or if you just didn't want everybody to know that you were running the generator for any reason whatsoever, you might not want it to make that much noise. And, as anybody who's tried it knows, storing fuel, uh, gasoline, diesel, whatever, it gets a little dicey if you're storing it for any specific length of time. Beyond that, the fumes from a gas generator, kind of dangerous. Carbon monoxide, one of the deadliest gases out there. It literally poisons thousands of Americans every single year. That's just here in the United States. Fortunately, most of those victims suffer 
uh, they suffer from various uh, what's the, what's the word here I'm looking for uh, you know various levels of ailment from said poisoning uh, they don't necessarily die but you know bad headaches dizziness uh, passing out lots lots of negative effects right the consequences can be bad so what you really need with all that kept in mind is, is you need a generator that Number one, doesn't take gasoline, doesn't need gasoline, so there's no fuel. No gas, no fuel, uh, no fumes, right? Uh, you don't want to make all the noise. How about a whisper quiet generator? Literally quieter than a laptop. Or what about the fact that, again, if you can't store your fuel for any particular length of time, you, you really want to be able to recharge your generator multiple times. And uh, what if you could do that with something that was free and you didn't have to worry about little things like, I don't know, whether or not that fuel is still any good before you put it in and try to crank it out. Yes, I'm talking about the new generation of power generators available from 4Patriots.com. We are talking about the Patriot Power Generator, and they have a brand new, brand new Patriot Power Generator that's even more powerful than the previous one that I've been talking to you about for a while now. Doesn't use gas, so it doesn't have fumes. Isn't loud, it's whisper quiet. And it's so lightweight. You literally can pick it up and take it with you wherever you need to go, and you can use it inside. Again, remember the part with no fumes? Right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com and use code TAPP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including that Patriot Power Generator. You also can get emergency food supplies. Uh, actually, award-winning award-winning food. I mean, a backup emergency food supplies is something that you really should have some investment in. Four Patriots has some of the best in the business. Well worth it. Uh, heirloom seeds, water purification, whatever you may decide you need. Uh, I'm still eyeballing uh, this really awesome solar-powered uh, freezer. I mean, it, it's just sweet. You, you really ought to go check that out. But uh, if you'll follow the link in the show description, it will take you to the page for the Patriot Power Generator. But from there, you can go to the homepage as well. And remember, even if you just go straight to 4Patriots.com, uh, anything that you order, use code TAP. That way they know I sent you, and you get that 10% off. And... Uh, like I said, if you follow the link in the show description from the uh, podcast, then they will automatically know that I sent you uh, if you're going to the Patriot Power page. But if you also just click the 4Patriots.com page, they're still only going to know that I sent you if you use the code. That's code T-A-P-P at 4, that's the number 4, Patriots.com. Uh, go check it out right now. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. 
All right, so I told you there's some news going on that's not related to the shooting in Nashville and not related to Donald Trump. Uh, most people have a hard time believing that. Most people don't even want to talk about it, but this one's kind of important, and it's kind of being lost in the uh, shuffle because we got confirmation from Martin Gutenberg today, well, technically on Monday, uh, he, by the way, if you're not familiar with the name, happens to be the chairman for the FDIC. You know, that insurance company that guarantees all your deposits in the bank up to a particular dollar amount. Yeah, those guys. Well, Martin, our good friend, revealed to us this past Monday that the firm, the FDIC, guaranteed as much as $13.3 billion in uninsured deposits for, get this, 10 accounts at the Silicon Valley Bank that is no more. The implosion of the Silicon Valley Bank, where the vast majority of account balances exceeded the $250 thousand dollar threshold backed by the FDIC prompted the government-backed company to secure all accounts in order to prevent additional bank runs. Silicon Valley Bank had been forced to sell a long-term bond portfolio at a substantial loss to cover deposit requests. That's what led to the collapse. And again, I'll remind you, I've heard a lot of people talk about the declining value of the bonds that they had technically, that's not really an accurate statement. You see, when you're talking about the downgrade, the, the substantial loss that was required because of the so-called decrease in value of those long-term bond portfolios that they had, what you're actually talking about is the market value when you try to sell them, if you have to liquidate them before they reach maturity. Those bonds would have been absolutely perfect spot on at the value for which it was purchased if they had been allowed to mature. The actual value of the bonds didn't change. The value of trying to unload them before their maturity is what's at issue. Because those same bonds, long-term bonds, they were paying out higher interest rates because of what the Fed was doing as they were raising their uh, interest rates. Therefore, the portfolio of long-term bonds that Silicon Valley Bank and lots and lots of other small and mid-sized banks also still are setting on, because it was actually the smart thing to do at the time they jumped into it from a financial point of view. Uh, the, the, they only lost value because they had to be sold at a discount. If they could be sold at all, because everybody that was in the market for long-term bonds were just buying the new ones being recently issued because of the higher interest rate, the higher rate of return on their investment. Again, that's the smart money too. If there hadn't been a run on the bank, if people hadn't panicked, Silicon Valley Bank could have probably, assuming no other issues popped up, been none the worse for wear. In fact, nobody would have even known how heavily invested in the bond markets they were at that point in time. Anyway, I digress.
Gutenberg testified before the Senate Banking Committee that some $18 billion from the deposit insurance fund was used to guarantee the accounts at Silicon Valley Bank, while another $1.6 billion was taken from the deposit insurance fund to back accounts at Signature Bank, which, of course, collapsed shortly after SVB, as large depositors withdrew their balances as well. The deposit insurance fund is filled with fees on banks rather than taxpayer dollars. So, at least from that aspect, you're not seeing your taxpayer dollars directly go to these bailouts. But, again, this is more an accounting trick than actuality. It's kind of the same thing that when the government makes a contribution to Planned Parenthood, but then they claim that, well, this is only going to the educational wing of Planned Parenthood. Uh, it's not going to help provide abortions. It's like, okay, accounting trick, you're still contributing funds to an organization that's providing abortions. And in this case, you're still going to be on the hook with taxpayer dollars. It's just technically this particular level of coverage is supposed to be coming from fees on banks. Oh, but you know what? In case you missed the point, who normally ends up paying the fees on the banks? Uh, do they actually pay the fees themselves? Well, out of their their cash flow, yeah, but again, where does the cash flow for the bank come from? Oh, yeah, that would be the customers of the bank. If you are doing banking at a bank and that bank has fees assessed upon them, they're going to pay it out of the cash flow that is available to them, uh, their profitability, whatever it may be. The customers of the bank end up paying it. So you're not off the hook. Gutenberg revealed that $13.3 billion of the $18 billion allocated to protect Silicon Valley Bank, that's just a little shy of 74% of the total funds used to protect the customers of the bank. Nearly 74% was used to back deposits for just 10 accounts. <clears throat> Quoting here, the systemic risk determination enabled the FDIC to extend deposit insurance protection to all of the depositors. The depositors protected by the guarantee of uninsured depositors included not only small and mid-sized business customers, but also customers with very large account balances. Now, the number of large companies kept sizable amounts of their cash assets with Silicon Valley Bank, Roku, Roku, which manufactures the digital media hardware. They maintained a balance of just right at $487 million, while BlockFi, a now bankrupt cryptocurrency lender, uh, they had $227 million in the Silicon Valley Bank. Sunrun, 
a residential solar company. They had $80 million in deposits. Uh, all this according to reports from uh, Reuters. Gutenberg added that the uh, financial system remains sound despite the volatility of the past several weeks. But he did note that some banks are witnessing higher levels of withdrawals. In other words, a lot of the bigger depositors are still concerned about what happens. The sad part is that they would be perfectly safe if they didn't get so worried and start trying to withdraw all of their funds from these banks. Again, we talked about risk management uh, factoring into this, and the risk management is an issue, absolutely. But uh, if you really want to, as a depositor in one of these banks, avoid the loss of your assets, then you need to leave your account right where it is and uh, try to help convince all the other larger depositors in the same bank to do the same thing. Uh, remain your normal, regular liquidity levels and stop showing up and saying, hey, yeah, I want all $48 million that I have deposited here at one time. Uh, that's what puts stress on these banks. That's what's led to the failure here because the banks have to find a way to come up with the cash when you just show up like that. And liquidation of these various portfolios that they're holding is the only means they have of doing that. And when the current market for those portfolios, when it drops down, and you end up having to sell it at a loss in order to just get the fluidity there, it is a recipe for disaster. It's like if you go to the go to the store, you're, you're buying DVDs uh, to turn around and sell at a flea market. Well, if you buy these DVDs at a second time around store or something like that, and you're able to pick them up for $3 or less, and then you can turn around and sell them for 5 to $10, depending on how new they are and whatever. Well, you can make bank doing that all day long. You've made a profit. Congratulations. But then, if you're not going to these bargain stores to pick up your DVDs, uh, if you're going to a standard retail location where you're going to spend... Anywhere from 16 to 25 to, again, depending on the, the newness of said DVD, maybe even as much as 50 or $60, depending on what it is, and then you still turn around and sell it for between 5 and 10 bucks. then all of a sudden, your business model is going to bankrupt you. That's what happened here. They bought stuff that was a good bet at the time. But the real story here, I'm sorry, it keeps coming back around. Ten, ten accounts got just under 74% of the total money the FDIC used to back up those accounts. Now, I still have not come across the names of these specific companies other than the ones that we just mentioned. There's a few others that they have not revealed. But the process here, I would really like to know because, again, Janet Yellen let us know that there were indeed multiple accounts that had direct connections to the CCP.
that's the Chinese Communist Party, in case you're missing my drift here. I don't know. I mean, let's, let's go back to quoting here. Uh, banks report instances of corporate depositors, in particular, moving some or all of their deposits to diversify their exposures and increase their deposit insurance coverage. Banks have also reported clients moving their deposits out of the banking system altogether and into government money market funds. In general, the largest banks appear to be net beneficiaries of deposit flows, increasing the amounts on deposit or held in custody. Uh, all of this at the global, systemically important banks and at large regional banks, uh, meaning that a lot of folks have said, oh no, these smaller, mid-sized banks are too risky. Let's take all of our uh, deposits out and move them to a larger bank that will be at least somewhat slightly more safe, maybe? Yeah, that's part of what we were talking about the last broadcast when uh, we were talking about all these banks that stepped in to try to save Signature. Yeah, the other banks basically just took the deposits that had come out of these smaller banks and sent it back to the smaller banks to keep them operational. That's the rescue plan. Now, it does make sense, though. Uh, people should be concerned about their assets, and if other people are going to make a run on the bank, there's no reason for you not to try to move your funds before that happens. You don't want to be the only one that doesn't panic and then your deposits be the ones that go down with the ship because it was too much for the FDIC. They're not going to protect it because you don't have direct ties to the CCP, which again, I, I really think that probably ends up having more to do with all that than anything else considering that they went well above and beyond that uh, $250,000 limit that the FDIC claims. I just, I'm left wondering, at what point do we stop scratching our heads and start actually paying attention to good fiscal monetary policy? Everybody... Uh, from Janet Yellen, who's just still trying to cover and whistle past the, the graveyard, trying to cover for all the Biden administration's very, very bad economic policy. Uh, and uh, to, to Elizabeth Warren, who keeps trying to point fingers at the Fed. Oh, the Fed, they're being too aggressive. Uh, Jerome Powell is just, I've never thought he was the guy for the job. This is all his fault. No, it's not Jerome Powell's fault that they're actually trying to push back uh, and get inflation under control. They only have one tool to do that, and that is to raise the interest rates. This easy, cheap, almost free money for so long is a big part of the reason why this particular correction is going to be as painful as it's going to end up being. And believe me, we're just at the tip of the iceberg. It is going to start hurting a lot of folks really bad. There's no avoiding it. They can try to, to aim for that soft landing they keep talking about. It's not going to make a difference. At the end of the day, the softer they try to make that landing, 
the harsher the reality is going to be when the correction finally takes full effect. And it is inevitable. So just prepare. Do what you need to do. Be prepared. That's not just the Boy Scout motto. It's what you need to be focused on doing right now because it's going to get ugly financially. And the Feds, uh, they're still trying to roll out their digital dollar. Uh, the United States of America government wants the digital dollar because it's programmable and they want the authority to be able to say, hey, Johnny, you you can't use those digital dollars of yours to go buy a gun. Sorry. Whatever else you might need to be prepared in the event of an actual emergency. Shoot, it wouldn't surprise me at some point they didn't even... Uh, decide to program it so that you couldn't use your digital dollars to make a purchase over at poorpatriots.com. How dare you try to be prepared in the event that the government should just not be able to provide everything to you like we know they can't anyway. Yeah, how dare you. All right. Let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break, and then we will transition to the next topic. You guys, don't go anywhere. I will be right back. My name's Joe Biden. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> Joe Brandon, I agree. <laughs> I mean, he has made clear that uh, 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 well, uh down up thank you. No, no. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. The Old Testament prophets predicted and longed for the coming of Messiah, the one who would enter history to bring redemption and deliverance to God's chosen people. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, through a carefully selected series of Old Testament quotations, the New Testament book of Matthew documents and verifies Jesus Christ's claim to be King of the Jews. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus' genealogy, baptism, messages, and miracles all clearly point to the same inescapable conclusion. Jesus is King, the long-awaited Messiah. President Thomas Jefferson believed that the teachings of Jesus embody the most sublime system of morals in the world. He stated, quote, We all agree in the obligation of the moral precepts of Jesus, and nowhere will they be found delivered in greater purity than in his discourses. Early in Jesus' public life, the Apostle Peter recognized who the carpenter was. In his gospel, Matthew configured and confirmed that Jesus is the Messiah. And in his politics, Thomas Jefferson embraced Christ's teachings. Was Thomas Jefferson a flawed individual? Oh, yeah. And the last time I checked, none of us are perfect. That is why we need Jesus, which Thomas Jefferson recognized. How about you? God bless you. God bless America. And may America bless God. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the theronedwards.com. Bean stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have 
is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skoll. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akuari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. This is Gordon Knight with Deep Seek Diaries. You're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth.
Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back after that very brief break. I appreciate you staying on board, not going anywhere. Thank you so very much. Uh, that was Gordon Knight, and uh, if you missed our discussion with Gordon Knight from the other day, uh, the Deep Six Diaries, uh, go into the archives and go listen to that show. Even if the only part you listen to is my conversation with Gordon Knight. It is such a wild story. You really need to have a fundamental understanding of what it was that led Gordon Knight to become a political refugee, basically having to flee Canada and seeking refuge here in the United States and still running the risk of possibly being deported back where he will face criminal charges for the very bad, terrible, no good crime of conducting a 50-year-plus family business that the Canadian government decided they wanted to get involved in. Met rather than actually compete, which, of course, we know government's really bad at, well, anything other than wasting time and money, uh, they decided to, to criminalize what Gordon Knight and his family were doing. He pushed back, he fought back, tried to fight in court, and then when there was no legal way for the government to win, they decided that Gordon could no longer use quotations of the law itself to stand up and offer his defense or for actually writing the maintenance books and the uh, guides that they were writing because they wanted to deem that the laws that everyone's expected to live by, everyone's expected to abide by, are actually the private property of the particular lawmakers who wrote them or was given credit for having written them. Uh, very, very weird stuff when you think about it, but it's all about government control and that is something that, thank goodness, we still have some level of openness here in the United States, and we still have the Constitution operating to at least some extent, because it's through that that we get to have events like what we had with DHS Secretary Mayorkas, as he had to go testify in front of Congress, and while the Democrats, of course, wanted to play patty cakes and give him a pat on the back and say, hey, good job, Secretary Mayorkas. Way to cover up the fact that the southern border doesn't even exist. Uh, while that was going on, we did have two stand-up guys actually grill Mayorkas, actually hammer him a bit. Uh, that, of course, being Josh Howley and from Texas. Ted Cruz, and I think Ted Cruz probably hammered him the hardest. Uh, Cruz, in fact, slammed the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas during the hearing this past Tuesday over the Biden administration's ongoing crisis on the southern border. Cruz went to work on Mayorkas after getting him to admit that the U.S. saw its lowest level of encounters at the southern border in 2020. Uh, that, of course, means that uh, not under Biden's watch, but under Trump's. 
you know, the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, uh, that guy was able to bring down the lowest level of engagement. So something was working. Quoting Cruz here, let's look at CBP encounters. It drops to the lowest level. Then boom, what happens? You show up. And that red line is you. Of course, he was pointing to a graph. That red line is Joe Biden. And you're claiming nothing happened? Oh, gosh. This was here before us? No. You made a decision to allow this. Now, he just was eviscerating him. And if you haven't seen the footage, uh, you can find the video of this just all over the place. You just have to look for it. Cruz also got Mayorkas to admit that he had no idea how many migrants have died trying to get through the southern border in 2022. Quote, of course you don't. I know how many died, 853. You go back to 1998. You see it's consistently between 300 and 400. Suddenly, 2021, what happens? You get in office. It's kind of brutal. You are the reason, Secretary. You. Cruz later engaged Mayorkas after demanding that Mayorkas resign from his job over how poorly the Biden administration has handled the crisis. In fact, he said, if you had any integrity, you would resign. This is one of my favorite moments for the testimony. If you haven't seen it, you really need to see it. If for no other part, this is the part. He literally says, Mr. Secretary, I want you to say, I want to say to you right now, your behavior is disgraceful. And the deaths, the children assaulted, the children raped, they are at your feet. And if you had any integrity, you would resign. The men and women of the Border Patrol, they've never had a political leader undermine them. They despise you, Mr. Secretary, because you're willing to let children be raped to follow political orders. This is a crisis. It's a disgrace. And you won't even admit this human tragedy as it is crisis. Of course, Mayorkas responded by saying that he would not address Cruz's remarks because he found them to be revolting. Uh, this, of course, when he was given the opportunity to respond. Cruz, of course, just fired back real quickly. Your refusal to do your job is revolting. And Ted Cruz is 100% absolutely spot on dead correct with this because this is a failure, a humanitarian failure that's going on on our southern border. It's part of of the Cloward and Piven's effort to destroy us from within, trying to create a collapse of our system by introducing more people than we can support in an amount of time that doesn't allow an adjustment. I just want to open it freely. Over and over again during this testimony, Cruz asked Mayorkas if he would at least admit that there is a crisis on the southern border. And he kept trying to to do the political double speech. Uh, we're facing challenges. This is a yes or no question. I need you to answer the question, yes or no. Is there a crisis? 
We are facing challenges. No! So you're refusing to answer the question. Now, I'd get really irritated. And if you happen to be a leftist, if you happen to be somebody rooting for Mayorkas, uh, then you probably didn't like a bit of it. And that's how we know that this was spot on. Another highlight from the hearing showed Mayorkas repeatedly dodging Cruz's question of whether there was a crisis at the southern border. That's what I was just talking about. One word, one syllable, three letters. That's how someone answers a question and does their job. You're being a politician, misleading the American people. Again, Ted Cruz hit it out of the park here. And he's spot on, because what is Alejandro Mayorkas worried about? He's more worried about trying to make sure that we're providing abortions to teenagers illegally crossing the border that are currently being held in detention. Which, by the way, the big uh, detention center that uh, caught on fire, we lost how many people in that? Yeah, we're being very, very compassionate when we're putting these people in overcrowded conditions to the point that uh, if they don't get released right away, they get uh, bumped on and they, they then decide to start fires and now they're killing themselves because of the fires. Come on. The humanitarian thing here is to shut down this border, lock it up tight, and then make sure that we control who comes across the border, when they come across the border, and what constitutes their ability to do so. We need to a return to common sense. We need to do away with the concierge app. Another part of this, again, if you haven't seen it, you really need to watch the footage. Another big part of this particular incident is uh, Ted Cruz showed these different bands, these wristbands that the uh, illegal migrants are wearing. Large number of them are wearing it in different colors. Instituted how much it shows. It's a statement. It lets the cartels quickly identify who owes them the most money, thereby who's going to take the longest to pay them back when they put them into service, either trafficking as a mule or being human trafficked, being forced into the sex trade. In many cases, children falling into this category. And again, Ted Cruz points out how inhumane and how utterly inept this whole situation is. But it's important to remember, when it comes to Alejandro Mayorkas, he knows exactly what's going on here. He's just not allowed to say. He doesn't want to get fired. He likes his nice, cushy job. The Democratic Party can't acknowledge it because they can't acknowledge what their ultimate end goal is here. The end goal, of course, is to let as many people cross the border as possible, hopefully with as many criminals and terrorists as they can get in here, because they like the chaos. The chaos allows them to ignore their failures to govern, how bad their policies really are, because then they can blame it on the influx of the criminals and then turn around and blame it on the Republicans. Now, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like... <laughs> freaking Joe Biden talking about the Nashville shooting today. Talking about, well, you need to pass my assault weapons ban. I urge Congress to do it again. But why do I keep saying this and they still haven't passed it? Because I need you to know who's not helping make this happen. Yeah, the Republicans. Well, why are the Republicans not helping pass an assault weapons ban? Because it's vaguely worded and 
there's really no such thing as an assault weapon, quite honestly. We're talking about semi-automatic rifles. These are not weapons of war, even though Joe Biden still keeps using that phraseology and continues to use the excuse about, oh, the Second Amendment's not absolute. You can't own this. You can't own that. Uh, yeah, actually, you can't own a flamethrower. You can own a full auto uh, firearm. You can, absolutely. You can have a full automatic machine gun. They have set up a series of licensing and other various hoops you have to jump through. It makes it difficult. But if you wanted to it bad enough and you could afford to pursue it, you can absolutely own a fully automatic machine gun. It doesn't even have to be of the historical variety. So Joe Biden, again, you know, he's, I think he's finally been corrected about that you can't own a cannon. Uh, crap, which was always true from the beginning. Absolutely. In fact, the U.S. military in the earliest days of the Revolution and in part of the uh, Civil War were borrowing cannons from private citizens. But there is no question, no doubt at all, that Alejandro Mayorkas and every other member of this administration are so busy being woke, they can't wake up to the reality. And the reality is they're not capable of being the adult in the room. They want to act like they're all oh, so dignified. And they want to act like, oh, well, we're so intellectual and we have all the answers and we're just so smart that all you dullards out there just don't understand what we're trying to accomplish. And we just need you to give us a little more time and a, and a lot more money. And, hey, give us some more power. And, hey, let's, let's shred the Constitution a little bit further, too. Because the reason the Republicans are standing up about your assault weapon ban is because it's unconstitutional. And just because you passed it before and it never got upended by the Supreme Court previously doesn't make it any more or any less unconstitutional. It simply is unconstitutional. The Second Amendment is, in fact, 100% immalleable. It says specifically, shall not. Not, maybe not, not recommend against. In fact, there is literally no constitutional grounds for all the hoops they make us jump through anyway. But, but, more often than not, we kind of just take that step back and we say that in order to try and offer up some level of sanity, because, hey, let's face it, I think we all know somebody, even the most staunch Second Amendment supporters out there, no matter who you are, I think we all know somebody, at least one person, that despite our willingness to stand and to die on that hill about the Second Amendment, it's like you will not infringe our rights to own and bear firearms. You're not going to do it. We're not going to let you. We all know somebody who really shouldn't have a gun. We know somebody that's just that unhinged, that would be a threat to themselves and to others. We all know somebody that falls into that category, but again, still, unless that person is so impaired that they are legitimately getting inpatient health care or are currently incarcerated, we got no business trying to stand between them 
and that ownership. It's once they slide into the realm of the criminal that we then must act. Due process is a thing. And you cannot treat everyone just because they fit into a certain category as if they are criminal by default. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy over there, he owns three guns. What do you need three guns for? He's got to be up to something. He's a criminal. Just go arrest him. Has, has he done anything? No, no, no. But you know he's going to eventually. There's no... You got to be one of those crazies to have that many guns. Hey, uh... I hate to break it through you guys, but in this neck of the woods, if you only have three guns, you got some catching up to do. I mean, between the handguns and the rifles, and uh, as Joe Biden likes to say, the shotguns, uh, usually we like to have multiple types of firearms because we understand that firearms are tools. And just like any tool, there are certain circumstances where one tool is the appropriate one to use, and then other circumstances when the other tool is the appropriate one to use. If, if you're a farmer, you know that there are times to use a rake, there's times to use a hoe. By rights, you could try using the hoe if you're trying to rake some stuff up. You might even make it work, but it's not the best tool for the job. So... Uh, lots of different firearms providing lots of different things. But uh, anyway, I digress. Back to the, the main point here. They continue, the left, continues to discuss our border policy as if it's simply a humanitarian, compassionate thing. And I've been making the case here for as long as we've discussed the southern border about how it's actually the opposite that it is indeed inhumane. It is inhumane to have the border open like this because it allows all of the cartels to basically enslave a huge number of people who see an opportunity to come to the United States. You know, the place that the political left keeps saying, it's the worst place in the world. It's so racist. It's so terrible. And yet we're still the only destination that literally people from every part of the world would be willing to risk their lives just to get here. So how bad could it really be? I mean, I'm sure it's horrible if you're a leftist and, oh my gosh, people still think the Constitution is an important thing. That old document that's so outdated and doesn't, doesn't mean anything. And how dare you even expect us to have to abide by it? What's wrong with you people? Uh, well, I'll tell you what's wrong with us there, lefty. We believe in freedom around here. We believe in individual liberty. And yes, that means we also believe in individual responsibility, which is why I like 4 They want to help you be individually responsible. They want to help you to be prepared. Go to 4 That's the number 4Patriots.com. Use the code TAPP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first time order over there. Just throwing that out there. Really would like for you guys to go and, and keep getting ready. Go be prepared. We need to be. The level... <laughs> the level of absurdity would be humorous if it wasn't for the fact that these are the people at the levers of power now. It would be a comedy if it wasn't so tragic. And that's where we are.
All right, we're going to transition to hour number two right about here. And we're going to pick up hour number two with one such tragedy slash abhorred thing uh, that is not directly related, but it's kind of side-related to the shooting in Nashville. So we'll talk about that to start with. In the meanwhile, don't go anywhere. Hour number two will start after these brief moments. Meanwhile, here's a little Matt Fitzgibbon. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west Homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why, they're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. This is Stella Morabito, author of The Weaponization of Loneliness, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. All 
right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now diving headlong into hour number two of tonight's broadcast. And thank you once again for being right here, listening to the show, being part of the show, and uh, being part of the family. I want to remind you guys, please, please, thank you so very much, first and foremost, for uh, being supportive. Uh, remember, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, always look for the podcast and the monetized version. It really does help me out if you just let those ads play. I know they can be annoying, but there's not that many of them. And then I also need to remind you to please support the show's sponsors. And as we continue to grow the sponsor list, we will continue to provide more quality stuff. And that's really why I'm so very happy to be partnered currently with 4Patriots.com. Uh, trust me. Uh, they are hands down one of the top two in their particular market space. There's a lot of other imitators, and uh, it, there's just no question. I know some of you may still prefer the other guys, and uh, I got to tell you, you really need to give Four Patriots uh, a chance with some of the uh, products. If you're talking about the emergency food supplies, the stuff, it's, it's so tasty. It's really good stuff. And if you're looking at uh, having a heritage garden, use the heirloom seeds that they have available. You need water purification. Even if you just need backup power generation, you got to go check out 4patriots.com. That's the number 4patriots.com. Uh, you go there. Everything in the store, literally 10% off your first-time order if you use the code TAP, that's T-A-P-P. And uh, if you want to follow the link in the show description, I'll have one that will take you to a page that's specifically designated for the Patriot Power Generators. These are solar power generators, and I'll remind you that, you know, yeah, you definitely, you could go out there, you could buy yourself a gas power generator, but they make a ton of noise and the fumes are dangerous. Carbon monoxide poisoning is no joke. Uh, lots of Americans die every year. Thousands are exposed to carbon monoxide poisoning. It's never a fun time. It's never a good time. And it's always risky. And beyond that, it gets kind of dicey just trying to store the fuel for these gas-powered generators. So what you really need is a backup emergency generator that is quiet whisper quiet you know you don't want to attract attention and you don't want to get that constant headache from hearing things grown on you want to be able to recharge your generator over and over again and what would be better than using a free energy source we're talking about the sun get that solar generator and you know, while you're at it, why not get one that's so lightweight you can literally pick it up and take it with you if you got a bug out or even if everything's perfect and you just want to take it camping, wouldn't that be great? You'll load up your blue coolers. Of course, you followed the link uh, from previous shows here to, to go get you that 10-day ice at a fraction of the price from blue coolers. Great, great company there as well. And, uh, you know, load that up. Take your electricity with you. It's just, why do I even have to sell you on this, guys? You need to be prepared. And like I said, just visit 4patriots.com. That's the number 4, patriots.com. And look at everything they got going on. I, I still I keep mentioning it because I really want to get one. And I, I think I'm going to have to break down and get it. Uh, 
they have a solar powered freezer that it's just it's too too nice it's just too nice anyway uh, a lot of people you know you'll look at the price tag for these things and you think i can't afford that well again that's where the fine folks operating out of utah here for fourpatriots.com really have got you covered they got great payment plans that are available for you too just be prepared that's all i'm saying so one more time that's the number four patriots.com for patriots.com uh, visit them today check it out and don't forget to use code tap t-a-p-p and get that 10 percent off now this story actually had been out long enough that i was going to discuss it in the last broadcast and i don't mean the one that i missed on sunday but the last broadcast i was hoping to sneak this one in as part of the friday night uh, conversation but uh thing about a live show when you're having these different guests on sometimes you don't get where you want to be with everything so since it still kind of works transgenderly to the primary topic for today's second hour i don't see any reason why we don't revisit it we need to discuss it because it again is governmental overreach and an example of how the biden administration has currently got every department of this government moving warp speed to try to push their woke agenda and their racial essentialism and all their ideas of equity with no real common sense being applied and no practicality being applied and no real sense of what the actual roles of the various departments were ever intended to be even if you want to pretend like they should exist which let's face it an overwhelming majority of the ABC organizations probably shouldn't. You're hard-pressed to find a place constitutionally where they're authorized to exist. But even if we just, you know, pretend like it's okay for them to be there, their original stated purpose, eh, they're not doing that anymore. I mean, it was bad enough when under Barack Hussein al-Awakbar Obama, he wanted to move a lot of Muslim outreach through NASA doesn't seem like that's a smart thing but now literally every department every part of the executive branch got some woke business and they seem to have lost track of what their actual job is that could not be more readily relevant than to see what several defense department doctors did this past week several Defense Department doctors, they came out defending <clears throat> sex change procedures for minors. And they took aim at Republican-led states who banned the life-altering procedures for children in a major medical journal. The doctors, who published an article in the March issue of the American Journal of Public Health, came out firmly in favor of allowing children to be placed on puberty blockers and given cross-sex hormones despite concerns over the long-term effects that these so-called treatments can create. Yeah, we're behind that. It's perfectly okay to chemically castrate children. Why not? What? You, you use that drug there to chemically castrate uh, sex offenders that uh, uh, been out there... Uh, 
involved in, in really nasty things and hurting children, well, you know, just give the drug to the children, too. It'll be fine. Anyway, in this article, which, <clears throat> if you're inclined, want to look it up and give a gander at it, you know, so that you don't have to take my word for it, which is what I tell you at the end of every broadcast, the article was titled, Caring for Military Affiliated Transgender and Gender Diverse Youth, A Call for Protections. Yes, it was written by David A. Klein, Thomas A. Baxter, and, and Natasha A. Skyvey. Now, uh, all of these doctors all work at the Travis Air Force Base in California, as well as Noel S. Larson, who works for the pediatrics department at Walter Reed's National Military Hospital. Now, again, I'll remind you, these are Defense Department doctors, and their claim to make these statements is that they are providing health care for military-affiliated individuals. They're pushing for kids to be surgically mutilated and chemically castrated. That's, that's what the push here is. Now, quoting from the article, gender-affirming health care, such as puberty suppression and affirming hormones, mitigates these risks and optimizes patient-oriented outcomes. But many TGD youth have difficulty accessing services. Now, I'm sorry, but they don't have difficulty accessing services. They are minors. They are children. They are not old enough to make life-altering decisions for themselves. They are not old enough to make these choices. Why is that not understood by these morons? Well, again, don't make any mistake. Don't get it twisted. They do understand it. They're just trying to destroy our society. They're trying to keep us busy fighting with one another over these clearly, easily definable, undeniable biological facts. And then a little bit of common sense thrown in will let you know we don't let kids do a lot of other things. Why would we let kids do this when it can harm them irreparably for the rest of their lives? Doesn't matter. The authors of this article discuss so-called barriers to giving cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers to children, including a survey that found that over half of military-affiliated doctors would not be willing to prescribe hormones. And new state laws banning such procedures. Oh, the barriers. Oh, the inhumane, just horrific treatment of these children that have not yet reached, let alone gotten through puberty. We should clearly be able to just mutilate them and castrate them chemically uh, because, you know, reasons... Sorry, this one it just really irritates me. The uh, legislative efforts to restrict gender-affirming care for youths have been described as a public health crisis. Yeah, by whom? By idiots like you who are trying to push it. And I'm sorry, docs, 
but clearly you guys are doing this because you were told to by someone in the uh, Biden administration. They said, hey, you know what? We need some DOD doctors out there talking some stupid crap about transgendered youth and why we should still be able to just dump a bunch of chemicals in their body and screw them up forever. Or just go ahead and surgically mutilate them. Let's, let's remove a breast. Let's remove some testicles. Why not? How would that possibly be detrimental to these people unless they actually go through puberty? Well, you know, I guess if we're going to suppress it, they never really get to, do they? Ah, oh, I guess you guys have me there, except you don't, you big bunch of morons. These people end up with so much regret, so much regret, especially once they get into adulthood. But hey, you know what? As long as they're on the hook to have to continue hormone therapies and these different gender-affirming care techniques for literally the rest of their lives, if they're going to maintain it. And require, again, expensive surgeries to reverse a lot of the procedures, if they're capable of it, some of which is not reversible. Oh, well, you know, as long as they can make money, right? Unbelievable. But we're going to describe it as a public health crisis, not the fact that so-called medical professionals are actually doing this to children, but the fact that it's become difficult for children to to get the the gender affirming care they so desperately want, I guess, because we know they don't need it. Anyway, new state laws directly harm TGD, transgender and gender diverse. That's what it stands for, for the uninitiated. It, the new state laws directly harm TGD adolescents by denying access to potentially life-saving medical care and further exacerbating healthcare inequities, health risk behaviors, and preventable deaths. Now, again, I would like to know what their source is that this is preventing suicides. Because that's the deaths they're talking about. That's what they keep insinuating. Because, again, actual gender dysphoria groups, uh, one of the highest percentage uh, suicide groups out there. But having these so-called gender-affirming care, whatever you do, if they transition, very rarely does that change the outcome for these people. The folks that live long enough typically detransition. They go back, and they're usually very angry at uh, whoever helped them so easily transition in the first place. But again, I'm still writing back to this simple idea that these are military doctors. Why are they involved in this argument? They see very few children. Oh, but you'll see, we have the, the military associated, the, the military affiliated, the family of active and reserve members of our military. Their families get care, so, you know, we'll provide it. Uh, we we want to provide abortions, too, in places where we shouldn't. Just like the state of California. Uh, we talked about that in the last broadcast. They're trying to pass a bill to protect their doctors if they do a freaking tele-doctor's visit. Uh, Hello, here's your uh, teleconference 
and uh what you you need an abortion i'm going to prescribe you this abortion medication and it's still legal here so we're going to mail it to you and hopefully nobody will catch it but if you're caught out there in the great state of alabama that has absolutely flat out denied uh, people access to this drug this drug should not be legal in the state anymore uh, we'll send it to you if you get caught our doctors will be protected now you'll still be on the hook to face whatever legal consequences come with this and the reason they're okay with that by the way even though every democrat and every leftist is going to try to tell you that they're trying to criminalize you the person who wants the abortion they'll tell you that all day long but they know as well as everyone else that it's the medical professionals the air quotes involved they're the ones being targeted by these bills because they're the ones that are providing the service you can't convince a young person who's decided they're going to get an abortion that they shouldn't because of criminality but you can convince a licensed professional who has to remain in compliance with the law in order to maintain their license in order to maintain their livelihood you can convince them not to do a thing. That's why California is trying to protect their doctors. They're trying to provide abortions and transgender chemical castrations, I'm sorry, treatments, uh, as well in the same bill. They're trying to do that in states where it's being banned or restricted heavily. And again, the reason for these restrictions is to protect these young people. No, 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 no. We don't need to protect them. We just need to go ahead and let them have their way. Now, these doctors also claimed that laws that ban boys who identify as girls from playing on girls' sports teams and that segregate bathrooms by sex, well, they claim that that's harmful. They ponder what military doctors in red states will do when state laws conflict with ethical medical practice and the standard of care okay well you don't have to ponder that because what's conflicting with ethical medical practice is when you are offering surgical mutilations and chemical castrations of children that should be the ethical medical practice that you're concerned about when the law demands that you must do this for these young kids, only that's not what you're trying to insinuate. You're trying to insinuate that it's in fact sinful for us to want to protect the children from this insanity. They continue, threats to military-affiliated youth, parents, guardians, and clinicians are threats to military readiness. Oh, so that's why they wanted the DOD doctors to write this. We need to be militarily prepared. This is a threat to our preparedness level. You gotta let us butcher the kids if you want the military to be able to operate at maximum efficiency. I don't know exactly what under the Biden administration that's actually going to look like. I mean, sure, it does seem like he's trying to start World War III, but that's the only reason why I feel pretty confident that it's not going to happen. Because it seems to be what he wants to happen. And again, bumbling buffoons, bumbling buffoons. Uh, that's the best I can say about the entire administration.
if we do end up in uh, World War III, it's going to be strictly by accident because they're trying so hard. Anyway, the uh, the authors of this particular article, again, they also claim that evidence suggests that children can consent to sex change procedures. I want you to keep that. They don't want these children to be able to buy cigarettes before they're 18. They don't want these children to be able to buy alcohol until they're 21. They don't want these children to be able to buy a firearm ever. But they're going to make them wait as long as they can, depending on what state you're in. But as far as deciding that you want to change your physical appearance so that you at least look like the sex other than you were born as, well... Yeah, according to this evidence we have over here, well, it kind of insinuates that children can make that decision. What's the evidence? I would really like to know, what is your evidence? It's just absolutely insane. They talk about this consequentialist reasoning rooted in empirical evidence and human rights. And again, it's not a human right to mutilate yourself. They say that this suggests that youth with decisional capacity, want to know how you're defining that, in an informed consent model of care, there's no way you're providing that, that they have an inherent ability and a right to consent to gender affirm that sorry gender affirming therapy. As the article does not portray the official opinions of the Defense Department, uh, where the Defense Department proper stands as a matter of uh, the department's official stance, the authors do ask that the department uh, take. An official stance, urging it to leverage its robust, intact systems to overcome evolving barriers to the provision of and access to care. In other words, where there's a military base, if you're in a red state that's banned these procedures on young people, well, you know, let them come onto the military base and let them get it anyway. That's what they're saying. That's what they want. They want to pretend like state law does not apply on federal government property within that state. And I know that there's, in fact, a legal argument that might uh, support that stance. But what I can tell you is that if you alienate these states enough, you may find yourself in a different type of legal battle where federal agents may not be allowed to propagate currently federal property, because when the federal government ignores the local laws, the local governments do have the authority to redress that. It could get really messy, and not something I want to see. I do not want to move to a constitutional crisis just because places like California and just because lefties in the federal government and doctors operating in the DOD want to try to come up with some, what they think of as being a clever workaround of the law. If we're going to have a constitutional crisis, I want it to be based on something that's really worth fighting for. Back to quoting here, the Department of Defense, uh, speaking uh, through a 
through an official spokesperson, said that the Department of Defense will train its health care providers in keeping with current science and best medical evidence, which is a really, really vague, non-answer answer. Even in states like Tennessee, my home state, love it here, and Mississippi have banned flat out said, nope, not happening, not allowed under any circumstance, sex change procedures on minors. The Biden administration has spoken out against such laws and in favor of the procedures. Even Joe Biden uh, said that his mommy uh, explained to him how it's almost sinful. It is almost sinful. It's almost sinful that you feel the need to miss direct the people that you want to vote for you just because you believe they're too dumb to face the reality. Here's a reality that all of these trending trans folks that aren't actually suffering from gender dysphoria but are in fact simply victims of the social contagion, something they all really need to stop and think about. This is considered to be a socially acceptable thing at the moment. But you know what else was a socially acceptable thing in the moment? Blackface. Now, I say that for a very specific reason. We've just recently been lectured. And in case you missed it, uh, this is worthwhile. It's a real thing. Check it out. Uh, do your own homework. There is digital blackface going on. Uh, evidently, if you're white, you're not supposed to share what is deemed to be inherently black memes. Get that off your social media profiles. You're not allowed to do it. That's just a form of digital blackface. Now, blackface was socially acceptable in its time. Now, it was bad. I've never liked it. I've always thought it was silly. Uh, it was certainly something that transpired before my time anyway. I, I was, I've seen it as a young guy. And uh, even when I was little, I was like, that's just so so weird and it, it it doesn't feel right but now everybody kind of feels that way right everybody says no we can't do that that's not allowed they get all worked up about it it's just so racist and you know what I, actually i can't argue that it's not i mean, i wouldn't attempt to i, I think it kind of is was from the beginning and even if you're Jimmy Kimmel trying to make fun of Carl Malone. Uh, yeah, we remember that's a real thing that happened. It's still kind of racist to do the uh, the blackface thing. Now I point all that out because in another generation, because the pendulum's already swinging back this direction. In another generation, those of you who are not actually suffering from gender dysphoria, those of you that are simply caught up in the social contagion, part of the trending trans movement. And a lot of you know exactly who you are. You're going to be deemed in this next generation to be towards women, if you happen to be a man who's acting as if you're a woman. You're going to be deemed to be engaging in just another form of blackface. Because it's not imitation. You know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. About half of the 
so-called cultural appropriations uh, is just imitation. And in most of those cases, it is imitated because it is appreciated. That is a compliment. It's the highest form of flattery. We used to understand that. We're not allowed to understand it anymore. Common sense, you know, I can't, can't engage there. Critical thinking, no, that's not allowed. But to engage at this level, to show up at a high school track meet and claim to be a woman and participate in the girls' team and knock out girls, actual biological girls from their opportunities, that's probably even going to be deemed to have been worse than blackface. Because there's no, there's no redeeming quality to this. There's no great thing that's being accomplished here. It doesn't improve equity. It doesn't improve inclusivity. It's just the left acting as if that for the majority of them, uh, they believe that men are much better at being women than women are. I don't think that's going to stand for much longer. We're already seeing the pushback. But to see these doctors come out and push for this, I think it has a lot to do with the insanity that continues. All right. Let's go ahead and take that uh, mid-hour break. And when we come back around, let's talk about the Nashville uh, school shooting a bit. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. are to save and restore our beloved republic not only must we seal and protect our borders but above all we must save the children hello i'm ron edwards on today's page from the edwards notebook brought to you by constitutional grounds the coffee you want in your cup no nation even one as great as ours will prosper and remain strong with open borders but a nation that increasingly seeks to CRT, transgenderize, stupefy and totally demoralize its young is basically signing its own death warrant to not allow innocent children to be brought up in the godly and moral way they should be will produce a multitude of generations that will become a deadly enemy from within who will be as a curse on the prior generations, inflicting irreparable harm via government education and the increasingly inept and immoral church, while solid families, which are the backbone of a strong and blessed society, will become dysfunctional and an unreniable collage of disjointed, multi-pronounced individuals seeking to conjure up even more deviant practices, especially against the children. We, the people who love God, country, and family, must seek providential guidance in a united effort to restore America and seek God's forgiveness for allowing such madness to happen. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern. To find out where, go to the 
RonEdwards.com. See ya. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hey, y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50-yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. With her long hair's blowing out a roll-down window, my old truck shines like a brand-new limo. I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the selfie shots. She's like an August day when you're bailing hay and that lemonade hits the spot. She's fun and free and lets me be me. She's a real cool kind of hot. Yeah, a real cool kind of hot. 
Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that last of the breaks for today's program. If you haven't checked out DerekJohnson.com and checked out his music, I highly recommend you do it. Even if you're not necessarily a fan of country music uh, per se, I bet you'll find something over there that you'll like. Uh, a lot of good music over there. Uh, and uh, never forget to uh, check out uh, Derek Johnson's 1776 project. Uh, well worth uh, taking a look at. And uh, just just really glad to have had Derek on not too long ago. If you missed that broadcast, I highly recommend you revisit the archives. And uh, when you do, be sure to let the ads play. Uh, I mentioned blue coolers earlier, just offhand. Uh, uh, obviously, the audio ads that we're playing, those are companies that I am currently a stakeholder in. A uh, very small amount, uh, by the way. I, I don't have the financials to go heavily deep into any of the, these uh, companies, but uh, very much like them. So whether we're talking about Boone's Bourbon or whether we're talking about uh, the uh, Beanstalks or Second Skull, uh, whichever we may be doing, Honey Fun, of course, uh, amongst those as well, not uh, on today. But all those uh, I have a equity stake in, so I have a vested interest in those doing well. I also have affiliate relationships with companies like Blue Coolers. Uh, so if you follow the links that I'll put in the show description, and I'll put one for Blue Coolers in there now because I've mentioned them more than once, uh, but for companies like Blue Coolers and uh, uh, BrainMD and uh, Diamond CBD and, uh, you know, Fire and Flavor, uh, Inc., and, and some of these other companies that you will see occasionally pop in here, uh, there's an affiliate uh, relationship, meaning that if you follow those links and you make a purchase, uh, I get uh, a little something for getting the two of you together. And then there is the sponsorship level. They're paying me up front with the expectation that you, dear listener, will follow through by uh, moving over and making purchases. And they do expect to return on those investments. And I mentioned we are getting a renewal with uh, fourpatriots.com that has been uh, determined. It's just a, a matter of time before we dot the I's and cross the T's. That should happen in the next couple of days. It most likely will be done before the Friday live show. That uh, That's because of you guys. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. You guys made that happen. They took a chance on a, a one-month trial, and there for a little bit, it, it didn't look like there was much movement. And then in the last couple of weeks, uh, I started mentioning the fact that if we're going to get a renewal, if that's going to continue that relationship, we needed to get somewhere with it. You guys answered that call. So again, thank you so very much. I, I appreciate it. And what I like most about it is that when it comes to 4Patriots.com, this is stuff that you guys are needing anyway. So I'm not trying to convince you to go buy stuff that's going to be bad for you. It's stuff that you need. So, you know, go check it out. The number four patriots.com once you're there don't forget to uh, use the code tap t-a-p-p -P, uh, to get your 10 percent off now let's get back to the action shall we did you know that the fbi is not treating the monday shooting in nashville 
the the shooting that killed six, including three small children. They're not treating this as an act of domestic terrorism. No, 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 no. See, the FBI's definition of domestic terrorism is, and I quote, violent criminal acts committed by individuals and or groups to further ideological goals stemming from domestic influences such as those of a political, religious, social, racial, or environmental nature. That's their definition. Okay. The shooter was a 28-year-old woman who identifies as a man and was a former student at the Christian elementary school. And although transgender activists have complained of recent actions by the Tennessee legislature relating to transgendered youth, police have not divulged a motive in the attack. Now, they have admitted now that it probably is part of the motivation. But uh, they've still been playing that one pretty close to the vest. The shooter did have a manifesto. Police acknowledged that. But the contents have not yet been released. I've seen a couple of fakes out there, but uh, not the real thing. Not as of yet. It'll be interesting to see how close the fakes were, though. If it was terrorism, we would have federal jurisdiction. Given that Nashville Metro is leading the investigation, I think you can take a lot from that. This, of course, <clears throat> spokesperson for the Memphis field office of the FBI, Miss Elizabeth Clement Webb. Uh, her jurisdiction includes Nashville, of course. She said that the local police were running the investigation, adding that the FBI is, quote, in an assistance role with its Nashville partners. I think we'll learn more over time, but at this time, it doesn't appear to be federal. So then asked whether the FBI was specifically monitoring radical trans activists as a source of potential domestic terrorism, well, the FBI spokeswoman said, but <clears throat> it happens to be the daughter of a former Democratic congressman, by the way, that says, no, though she added that the FBI is always alert for all threats. Translation, under this administration and under other administrations, because the FBI, the top leadership has been replaced with political actors as opposed to law enforcement professionals for some time now. The FBI is run by deep state operatives, which almost always lean to the left. So now you're asking, well, Tim, why would you think that it should be investigated as domestic terrorism? Well, I'll go back to the definition. Their definition. Remember what they said? I, I just mentioned it a minute ago. They define it as being violent criminal acts committed by individuals and or groups to further ideological goals streaming stemming from domestic influences such as those of a political, religious, social, racial, or environmental nature. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
this definitely was a violent act. I, to be fair, when I was watching this chick who wants to be a dude uh, shoot her way into the building, if you haven't seen the footage, there's a limited amount of footage that's available. There was a body cam that was released earlier, but I noticed that's been scoured from the internet. They're trying to keep it down. Somebody will keep trying to put it back up. I'm sure I'll get a chance to see it at some point. I didn't have an opportunity when it was first available. Not entirely convinced I necessarily want to see the uh, body cam footage from the police officers, but I think it's inevitable. I think I'll have to in order to be able to comment on it. But to watch this girl wants to be a guy go through it, it almost looked like, almost like she thought she was playing Fortnite. I mean, the way she was moving, the way she was going through, I, that's what it reminded me of. Now, I am not a big Fortnite player, but I have two children who are technically adults now, and they still play the Fortnite. I'm just too old for that kind of thing, I guess. Uh, if I'm playing a video game, it is most likely a sports game, I have to admit. But we look at this, and I'm thinking, was it violent? Yes. Was it criminal? Yes. Was it committed by an individual? Yes. Was it to further an ideological goal? That's the part we're not 100% sure on yet, but I will make the case for that. Stemming from domestic influences like uh, those of political, religious, social, racial, environmental, I, I think it's kind of all of those. They're saying they don't, they're not treating it that way because they're letting the Nashville folks uh, take lead on it. But a transgender radical group run in part by a former staffer of a Virginia Democrat lawmaker, they had already announced that they were planning a, quote, trans day of vengeance. The idea here is they're looking to avenge the trans genocide. They are literally trying to make believe that the laws passed in Tennessee, uh, spearheaded by Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire, and uh, comments made by another Daily Wire commentator, Michael Knowles, where he said that the transgender ideology was dangerous and should be eradicated, was then intentionally misquoted as saying that Michael Knowles believes that transgenders should be eradicated, it's not what he said, and anybody that listened and is capable of, you know, thinking for two seconds knows that that's not what he said. Obviously, that's not these people. They're now trying to jump on this bandwagon that this movement to protect young children, this effort to protect young Americans who are not yet mature enough to make these levels of life-altering decisions— is now it's a genocide? This trans day of vengeance, if you hadn't heard about it yet again, I I implore you to go out and check on it. Uh, one of the reporters that were first reporting on this got thrown off of Twitter for reporting on the trans day of vengeance as they are promoting it at their website. Again, to avenge the trans genocide, there is no trans genocide ongoing. So what are you exactly trying to avenge? You're just trying to act out. The event 
on whose web page organizers discuss Molotov cocktails. It's set to occur, the, the main primary event is supposed to occur at the Supreme Court. They're supposed to show up in Antifa black garb and presumably they're going to bring Molotov cocktails and who knows what else. And when they say they're going to show up at the Supreme Court, I can't help but be reminded that Brent Kavanaugh was the target of trans radicals and just barely survived an assassination attempt last year. Now, I might be overselling a little when I say he barely survived because the dude, the, the would-be assassin, kind of just showed up. Uh, <laughs> Kavanaugh wasn't there, so then he just kind of turned himself in. So, you know, barely survived the attempt. I feel like I, I'm trying to fit in with the people that claim to be journalists now. That's the way they'd report the story if it was the other way around. Now, the FBI's Washington field office is jurisdiction over the Supreme Court area. And a spokeswoman for that office, whose email signature reads Carly R. Kennedy, she, her, <laughs> gotta put those preferred pronouns on there, don't we? To show how woke we are. Well, Carly declined to say whether or not the FBI was monitoring that event or whether it was even studying radical trans activists as a source of potential domestic terrorism. The response was, I believe your request would be best handled by the National Press Office at FBI headquarters. Well, you're supposed to be the spokesperson for the FBI's Washington field office, but yeah. Don't want to get in trouble. Don't want to say the wrong thing. Certainly don't want to sound like you're concerned about trans violence. Now, the National Press Office, it responded to the same question, a question about the Day of Vengeance, by writing that, quote, membership in a group is not illegal in and of itself. In fact, it is protected by the First Amendment. The FBI will never open an investigation based solely on protected First Amendment activity. We focus on individuals who commit or intend to commit violence and criminal activity that constitutes a federal crime or poses a threat to national security. Now, I would say vengeance indicates that there is at least the hope that some violence will occur. The fact that this girl who wishes she was a guy did seem to target the school, did seem to be prepared for this, did seem to also be responding to the call for the Day of Vengeance. Despite the statement, the, uh, the Bureau has been criticized for targeting Christians and conservative individuals and Christian conservative groups as domestic terrorists. In fact, I myself have spent some time uh, throwing that particular criticism out there because it's a thing they've been doing. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that we had this leaked document that showed just this year that the FBI was training a specific eye on radical, traditionalist Catholics. Yeah, because those are the ones that are dangerous. Now, modern Catholics, you know, like Nancy Pelosi and uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., who don't really seem to understand that to be Catholic means that you try to live by and honor the tenets of the church. Yeah, 
meaning uh, abortion is off the table, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the modern Catholics, they're okay. But those traditionalists, well, they're just radical. They were compiling a dossier, citing sources like the Southern Poverty Law Center, to say that the group needed to be monitored for radically or ethnically motivated violent extremists and radical traditionist Catholic ideology. Now, the FBI, of course, rescinded the document after it had leaked to the media. But there's a real question. This is clearly an act of violence. Seems to be politically motivated. Seems to be timed perfectly with the events of this rage against the machine. You know, we're desperately trying to make sure that the the trans apocalypse is averted, that the trans genocide is ended. Except again, guys, there is no trans genocide. I don't know why it's so difficult to to reach through this, I guess, fog of war. And, and I'm going to say it's a fog of war because the political left, the internationalist left, the globalists who have been trying to destroy this country from the inside for so long, they've managed to be so successful by taking over the reins of power, the levers of government, deep state operatives, and even more so by taking over education. They have raised up a group of people that now believe that to be compassionate means that you don't engage in critical thinking so that you don't take the time to realize what is more compassionate, a strong southern border where you are not incentivizing the cartels to, to sneak drugs across and enslave people who are just trying to get here, or just leaving that, uh, that border open and let those people be enslaved and let all the fentanyl from China get made by the, the cartels and run it across and see how many Americans can be killed by it. Yeah, yeah. Which one of those is more compassionate? Well, obviously we can't even talk about that. We're not allowed to, to speak that particular truth. And it is the truth. Compassionate towards people Compassion towards people that are suffering from gender dysphoria is something I have expressed on a multitude of occasions and continue to do so because this whole trending trans, this whole social contagion issue, it belittles and besmirches those folks that are actually suffering with the disorder. Those people need serious and real psychological help. They do. And that's not said in a disparaging way. And if you want to make it into something disparaging, that's because you're trying to bring something to it. That's your baggage, not mine. It's pretty clear and obvious if you'll pay attention. But then again, paying attention and then applying critical thinking, it seems to be a bit much for today's young folks. And the older folks that seem to be in denial, well, they only seem to be. They know what they're doing. They know what the purpose here is. They, this is by design. 
the laws that have been passed in Tennessee and in Mississippi, those laws were passed to protect children. Well, well what about the 16s and 17-year-olds? They're still legally children. These are young people that do not need to be trying to surgically mutilate themselves or to take a bunch of chemicals that's going to prevent them from becoming the person they're supposed to be. Well, well what about their authentic truth? Well, their authentic truth is spoken by the DNA, not by some warped and twisted view that they've had pushed upon them, not some level of confusion that the leftists want to use to control people. Joe Biden, before, knowing that he was going to talk about the Nashville shooting, before he uh, went into it, spent almost two and a half minutes doing a comedy routine, uh, telling jokes about ice cream. It's not a joke. It's not hyperbole. It's absurd. That literally is probably the worst thing that I've seen a president do when they know they had a serious topic to address. And so disrespectful, but just another example of why they are disrespectful to a group. They knew going in, even at that point, that the shooter was identifying this transgender. And they know that the targets were people attending a private, religious, Christian school. So in other words, well, those are the other guys. We don't really care what happens to the other guys. That's the mindset. So it's perfectly okay to come down and tell ice cream jokes, even though you're going to also still try to use that as an excuse to push your gun control agenda. It's absurd. It's horrible. I don't like it. You shouldn't tolerate it. And let us not lose that two minutes of comedy ice cream jokes when we move forward. He wasn't uh, reading the teleprompter. He actually got those done pretty good. So you know that was near and dear to his heart. That's going to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for staying with me to the very end. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain. If you really want to tap into the truth. Ah, Chihuahua. I just don't know about these guys anymore. Uh, we'll be back again live Friday night. Hope you'll join us then. In the meanwhile, survive your week, boys and girls. Survive your week. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey.
powerless if the good are unafraid lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details